Well, good morning, Journey. Uh, obviously, this is a little weird and a little bit different than maybe what you expected this morning. And I know if you're like me, you were ready uh, for something different in 2022. And probably not this, though, right? And unfortunately, um, we're kind of still living in 2021 a little bit this morning. Pastor Dave and Dory are homesick and uh, weren't able to be here, not able to film. And I'm actually preaching in Omaha this weekend, so I wasn't able to be here with you in person either. And we called a bunch of different people that we know and everybody was busy. And so this is the best solution that we had. And so if you were looking for something different, you get it the first Sunday of 2022. Um, if you're like me and you weren't ready for this, then we'll just count this on 2021 and it'll be fine. Okay, deal? Uh, but, but it's hard to be ready for things that you don't expect, and, and I certainly didn't expect this this week, nor did Pastor Dave and Dory please be praying for them that they get better and uh, get back healthy, and obviously there's all kinds of things this week that we didn't expect with this. You know, I got to thinking, no matter how much we want 2022 to be different, no matter how much we want it to be separate or change or how much we want to move on from maybe this last year and get ready to back to normal and all those things. And no matter how ready we think we are heading into 2022, there's always something that happens that we didn't expect, right? Like, have you ever had a year where you were literally ready for everything that the world threw at you? Any of you? Okay, a couple of you might be liars if you're raising your hands right now. I can't see you, so I'll just trust that none of you raised your hands. Like, it's hard to be ready for the unexpected, right? <clears throat> It reminds me, this has probably been, gosh, six years ago, uh, uh, Providence Wellness Center here in town, they did this deal called the Biathlon Challenge. Some of you probably did this, and I, for some reason, thought I could do this. And so I was up there working out, and I thought, that was back when I was in a little bit better shape than I am now, and I thought, this will be great, I'll do this. And I don't remember, you had to, I think, run a marathon, but not all at once. Like, you could accumulate the miles over, I think it was like five or six weeks, and I don't remember how long the biking was. It was astronomical. And all I remember is that I wanted to get the running out first. And I got the running done, and I started doing the biking. And then the last, like, the last weekend was there, and I thought, you know what, I'll just knock out, like, it was like half or even maybe three-fourths of what was left. And so I went up there, and I thought, this is no big deal. It's a bike, right? Like, I'll just ease and take my time and get drinks, and I'm ready for this. And so I started, like, right when they opened in the morning, and it was like noon. I'd been there like four hours, and I wasn't done yet. And I remember even a couple people coming over that worked there and like, what are you doing? And I remember saying, no, 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 it's fine. I'm just going to knock all this out in one day. And I got to the end of the day. I think it took me like six or seven hours. And I remember I got off the bike and I thought, oh, it'll be fine. And then like my legs were gone, right? Like you needed help out the door. And I got home and I couldn't walk for like three days, but I did it. And I got the t-shirt to prove it. I can't fit into it anymore because I got fat again. But, but here's my point. I thought I was ready until I got thrown into the mix. This morning, I want to talk a little bit as we move into 2022 about how are we to be ready as Christians in the midst of a crazy and unpredictable world and life. And this morning might seem a little weird to you. It's certainly weird to me. I can't see any of you. I'm probably not looking at the camera the right way all the time. I keep looking around at empty seats as Josh and I are filming this. And, and, and I think that might be appropriate because I know that heading into next year, there will be things that are thrown my way and yours that are weird. Things that seem backwards, things that I'm not prepared for, things that I didn't expect. Things that I don't like or things that aren't the way I'd prefer. And so this morning, I, I want us to dive in a little bit about how can we be ready for change in a world that's constantly changing. How can we be ready for the unexpected? Is that even possible? And so this morning, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'm going to start in verse 
13. I'm going to read a little ways, but there's one verse in there that's going to be kind of our theme verse for this morning, okay? So in 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 13. It says, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? In other words, if you and I are ready and we're zealous for the good things of God, then, then what could possibly harm us? Verse 14, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Verse 15, this is our theme verse this morning. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared. Verse 16, have a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Jesus may be put to shame. Verse 17, for it is better to suffer for doing good than if that should be God's will than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from your body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Peter's talking about how he's telling us to be prepared to give a reason for what we believe in a world that is constantly changing. In fact, he references probably one of the weirdest times in history, right? The days of Noah. Like, if you think this morning is weird because your preacher's up on a video screen and he's not here in person, can you imagine if God came to you today and said, hey, build an ark. It's going to rain like 50 million tons of water. Build an ark. Everybody's going to make fun of you. There's only going to be you and your family that survive and a bunch of animals, and you're going to save just those and reprocreate and, and populate the world. That's weird, right? Like, how do you get prepared for that? How can you and I prepare to stand up in a hostile world if we're not assured of the God whom we're leaving it all for? Let me ask that again. How can you and I be prepared for the coming year if you and I are not assured of the God who is leading us and who we're leaving this world for? How can you and I take up the cross if we're not convinced of the resurrection can, can you and I really jump with abandon and faith into the next year if we're not convinced that God is with us and is there to catch us? How can we be ready when we're not sure what we're supposed to be ready for? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. In your hearts, revere Jesus Christ as Lord. In your hearts, know that Jesus is in charge. Be prepared always to give an answer to anyone and everyone who will ask you to give the reason for the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. The first thing that Peter reminds us of this morning is simply this. You and I, we need to be ready for questions this year. We need to be ready for people to ask us why we believe what we believe. And so that brings another question to my mind this morning as we get ready for the next year. Do you and I live in such a way, that our life lived in such a way that it makes people ask questions? Do we live in such a way that it draws people in to ask us why we believe what we believe? See, see salvation is not this one-time thing. 
It's not a one-time prayer that you pray and a one-time ceremony and then move on from that. Salvation is a posture of repentance and faith. Salvation is not just that moment you get in the baptistry and walk out and then you're done and that's the only time salvation happens. Salvation is a posture, a daily life of repentance and faith that you begin in a moment when you surrender your life to Jesus, but that you maintain the rest of your life. And that daily living that we're supposed to be living for Jesus, that should make other people ask us about the life that we lead. And I would suggest to you that if people aren't asking why we live the way we live, maybe we're not living for Jesus in the way that he intended. How do I know that? (laughs) Because that's how I found Jesus. I found Jesus because I got around a group of guys when I was in college who lived differently than I did and yet, they weren't weird. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to explain that. Like, every church person I knew growing up, I felt like was kind of weird. Or that I couldn't relate to. Or it wasn't, I wasn't good enough. Or I wasn't nice looking enough. Or I, I didn't do all the right things. And I met this group of guys who was a lot like me. But there was something different about the way they lived. They talked about church and sermons and worship in ways that I'm like, really? Like, you guys enjoy this? And they talked about what God was doing in their life, and I thought that was odd. They talked about ministry and people they were reaching for the gospel, and I never heard that before. And it made me ask them about their life. And over months and months of questions, these guys answered for me. It led me to Jesus. And when you and I live differently than the world, when we're in the world but not of it, when, when we're like people and we're normal and we're gentle and we're respectful and we're serving and we're doing all those things, but we do it differently than people who don't know Jesus, people will start to ask. And so the question really this morning is, does the hope that you and I have in Jesus change the way we live so much that people want what we have? Do you believe that the best will happen this year even when obstacles seem like they're huge? Because if you live that way, somebody who doesn't live that way will go, how do you trust like that? You can tell them about Jesus. Will you and I remain optimistic and believe the best about other people this year who disappoint us? Because if we do, it will lead other people to say, how do you stay so even-keeled in loving other people? And we can tell them about how Jesus has loved us. Do you live differently? Will you and I live differently because Jesus is in charge of our life? Will there be things that we don't do that other people do and things that we do that other people don't? Because when we live that way, other people who don't know Jesus will say, why do you not do those things or why do you do that? And we can tell them about Jesus and his word. In 2022, will you and I have joy in every circumstance, even when the circumstance is terrible and not what we want? Because if we do, it will lead other people who don't know Jesus, who don't have that joy, to say, where does your joy come from? How do you enjoy life so much? How do you find joy in the midst of all the junk that's going on? And you can tell them about the hope that you have in Jesus. See, here's the reality, church. We, you and me, we need to be the good news before we share the good news. Let me say that again. You and I, we need to be the good news before we share the good news so that our gospel has integrity. So that people already know that we're living out what we just told them we believe because they've been seeing it. We need to show people what life in God's kingdom is like. And then we can invite them into it. 
the question for this next year is really, do, do you and I really believe that Jesus is so good and that Jesus is so satisfying and so rewarding that we would leave everything we have and all that we own in order to find our fullness in him? Because if we do, and if we live that way, people will ask, what's going on? When Jesus came into contact with people, their lives were radically transformed. And i, I got to ask, are, are people's lives changed by knowing me? Do people's lives change because they know you? If Jesus is who he says he is, and if his promises are as rewarding as the Bible claims they are, then you and I in 2022, we might discover that satisfaction in our life and success in the church is not found in what our culture thinks is most important, but it might be found in a, just a radical abandonment to Jesus. You and I in 2022, if we want to stand strong in our faith, if we want to be prepared for the unexpected, then we got to be ready for questions. we got to live in such a way that it provokes questions in other people. And then we got to be ready with the answers. <clears throat> That's what Peter says. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who's going to ask you for the reason that, of the hope that you have. So that's the second question, right? Are you and I ready <laughs> to answer the questions that our life is going to provoke in other people? And maybe, maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're afraid to look for the answers. Maybe we're afraid if we stop and really look at God and look at his word this year that we might discover that he's going to evoke a greater and deeper demand of worship than you and I are ready to give. See, everything starts with you and I digging into this, digging into God's word, not just every once in a while, not just on some, daily, daily sitting down with God and diving into his word, following maybe a Bible reading plan, doing it with other people, so that you and I can know and be transformed and continue to be changed to be more like Jesus. And so that we can have an answer when somebody says, why do you live the way you live? It's, we can say, because I dig into God's word and it's changing me daily. It's changing who I am. It's changing how I live. God's word speaks life into you and me. And, and when you and I realize that as followers of Jesus, we have the responsibility to teach and live the Word of God, it should change everything about how we hear and study the Word of God. Let me say that again. When you and I realize, when you and I understand that as a follower of Jesus, it is our job to live out the Word of Jesus, and it's our job to teach the Word of God with what we say and how we live, that should change everything about how we hear the Word of God on Sunday morning and about how we study the Word of God every day. Are you and I ready to answer in such a way that people are drawn to, to Jesus and not running away from Jesus? Will we show God's Word in such a way that people like Zacchaeus in the Gospel of Luke will climb a tree to literally see what's going on, to meet the person who seems to be providing all the answers that all the world wants. His name is Jesus. And whether people that you and I meet know it or not, they have a longing, they have a desire to find this answer, and it's you and I's job 
to live in such a way in this coming year that people notice something different, and then when they ask, we can give them Jesus. Jesus, when he walked this earth, attracted the worst of sinners. He attracted the worst of sinners by religious standards, the people that honestly most churches weren't letting in the door. And so let me ask another question this morning. Are sinful people, or what the world would consider sinful people, are they drawn to you, or are they put off by your so-called know-it-all righteousness? See, you and I have to find this balance. <clears throat> I think it's incredibly hard. I think it might be one of the most challenging things about following Jesus, is you and I have to find this balance where we live in such a way, and we serve in such a way, and we love in such a way that people who are super far from God, people who hate God, are drawn to us so we can draw them to Jesus. But we also have to live in such a way that we're different than the world who doesn't know Jesus. We have to live in such a way that we're ready for questions. But we also have to live in such a way that we're ready with answers. And when we do that, here's the third and last thing you're going to find this morning. We better be ready for opposition. Church, you and I have to be ready in 2022 to deal with the opposition that comes from going where Jesus leads and living as Jesus lives. Our nature has to be to be Jesus to the world even when the world hates Jesus, which means they'll hate you and they'll hate me. In fact, Jesus told us that, right? He told his disciples in the gospel, he said, just, just as the world hated me, they'll hate you. It reminds me of this old preacher story. You've probably heard I've probably used it here, to be honest. The old man who used to meditate every morning under the big tree on the bank of the Ganges River. And one morning after he had finished his meditation, the old man opened his eyes and he saw a scorpion floating helplessly on the water. Some of you know this story. As the scorpion was washed closer to the tree, the old man quickly stretched himself out on one of the long roots that branched out into the river, and he reached out to rescue the drowning creature. As soon as he touched it, the scorpion stung him, and instinctively the man withdrew his hand. Well, then a minute later, after he regained his balance, he stretched out again on the roots to, to save the scorpion. This time, the scorpion stung him so bad with its poisonous tail that his hand became swollen and bloody, and in his face you could tell like he was in a lot of pain. Well, at that moment, a passerby saw the old man stretched out on the roots, struggling with the scorpion, and he shouted to him. He said, hey, stupid old man. He said, what's wrong with you? Only a fool would risk his life for the sake of an ugly, evil creature who doesn't want your help anyway. He says, don't you know that you could kill yourself trying to save this ungrateful scorpion? And the old man turned his head, and he looked at the stranger, and he calmly said this. He said, my friend, just because it's in the scorpion's nature to sting, that does not change my nature to save. Church, you and I got to grasp that as we head into the next year. That just because oftentimes it's the world's nature to sting, that cannot change our nature to save. See, when, when you and I give our life to Jesus, when we surrender to him, we're asking our old life to go away and a new nature to be given. That's what baptism symbolizes. It's a public profession of what Jesus has done in our life. He's, he's taken our old life and buried it in a grave, and he's raised us to a new life, a new nature that is in him. Our fleshly nature dies. 
our worldly nature dies, and our Christ-like nature begins. Let me, let me let you in on a secret this morning. That there is suffering and there is evil. So, so like when you and I do evil, there's suffering in that. I don't know if you knew that or not. But, that, but when you and I choose to do evil, there's suffering in that. And there's also suffering in doing good. Like that's the reality. If you choose to do evil, there's suffering in that. If you and I choose to do good, there will be suffering in that too. So we might as well do good, right? Like, I, I'm kind of a practicality kind of guy. If I'm going to suffer either way, I'd rather suffer for good than evil. You and I have to remember when, when opposition comes that that's just part of life. And in fact, it's, it's not even opposition. It's an opportunity for us to go back to the beginning, right? So when you and I live in such a way that it provokes questions from other people, and when you and I give answers that other people maybe won't like, when, when they have opposition to what we believe, then that gives us another opportunity to do what? To answer and respond in a way that points them to Jesus. That, that's the last part of what Peter says. Don't miss that. See, see, be ready for questions. He says, in your hearts, revere Jesus as Lord. And if Jesus is Lord in our hearts, it changes how we live. And if it changes how we live, then it provokes questions from people about how we're living that way. Well, then he goes on and he says, always be prepared to give an answer. See, if we provoke questions, then we have to be ready to answer. He says, be ready to answer everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But then he says this at the end. He says, but do it with gentleness and respect. <laughs> well, that's a game changer, right? Just me? I mean, I'm all about living in a way that provokes questions. I like that. I'm all about giving you the answer that you didn't know. Gentleness and respect? Boy, that's, that's a lot different than aggravation, viciousness, <laughs> and animosity. Boy, I don't, I don't know about you, but in the last year, I've seen a lot of people, Christians included, Social media looks like they're ready to give an answer, but they forgot the last part of verse 15. You know, if I look back at the last year, I can see moments in my own life where I forgot the last parts of verse 15. And if I forget the last parts, you know what that means? I got to go back to the beginning. See, everything starts with being ready for questions. And that starts with revering Jesus as Lord in our hearts. And that starts with being in his word. And so if I'm not ready to give an answer when people say, why do you live different? And I don't know, then I go back to his word because I am not revering him. I don't know him in my heart as well as I should. And if I give an answer in such a way that it's not done in gentleness and respect and it turns people away, then I go back to his word because I'm not as much like Jesus as I claim to be. And I'm certainly not as much like Jesus as I need to be. Everything starts this year with the one thing that does not change. Will 2022 be full of unexpected, weird, crazy things? Probably. Why not? <laughs> We're starting on the right foot this morning as I'm talking to you from a screen, right? Will, will there be obstacles that you didn't see coming? Yep. Will there be things in our world that make no sense to us? Absolutely. Will there be times where it seems like there's no answer to what's going on in this world? Yep. 
So what do we do? How, how can we be ready for that? By going back to the one thing that never changes from the one person who is never surprised. Let me say it again. By going back to the one thing, God's word, that never changes. God's word who is from the one person, Jesus Christ, who is never surprised by what the world is doing. As the band comes up to lead this morning, I'm just reminded that, you know, over 2,000 years ago, when, when believers proclaimed the name of Jesus, it, it caused the blind to see. When, when you read the Gospels over 2,000 years ago, when people proclaimed the name of Jesus, it caused the blind to see. It caused the lame to walk and the dead to literally rise. The name of Jesus had power to cause evil spirits to flee and to bring the most hardened hearts back to God. That's what I read in here, that when the name of Jesus was first spoken, it turned the world upside down. The reality is in 2022, over 2,000 years later, the power of Jesus' name is still great. The power of Jesus' name has not changed, and the power of Jesus' name can flip a world upside down. But it has to be known by his people it has to be lived out in their life, and it has to be spoken with gentleness, respect, and love. As we get ready to sing, this is my prayer this morning for us, that in our hearts we would revere Jesus Christ as Lord. As a church, that you and I would always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we have and that each of us would always answer with gentleness and respect. And if we do that, I think Jesus might do something that the world didn't expect this year too. Let's stand. Let's sing.